Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. I'm so excited for today's guest. We've met probably about a year ago. Well, actually not met, but we've, you know, met on Instagram. And Charnay Gordon is one of my favorite book bloggers to follow. There are so many reasons why, and I can't wait for you to hear all of our confetti moments, and then you can see why I love her so much. So welcome, Charnay. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much. I am here. Thanks for the invitation. You're so welcome. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. My name is Charnay and I live currently in Connecticut. Uh, well, I was born and raised in Connecticut. Uh, we live here with our family of four, um, married, been married for 15 years to my wonderful husband. And we have two children. They are Madison, who's age seven and Barrington, who is age six. And we love our life. We love books. We love reading. We love lots of things. Um, and we're just, we're just excited. We're just excited um, for where this reading journey has kind of taken us over the past uh, few years. Yes, it's so exciting. I've never been to Connecticut. I, my friends would laugh if I even told them I was going to attempt to go to Connecticut because I'm freezing when it's like 65 degrees. So I probably wouldn't make it very well. Yeah, but surprisingly, we've had a really mild winter. I think we only had two snowstorms, so um, at least so far anyway, so. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love your kids' names, and I love seeing them on Instagram, and I love how much they love books, and I think that's all a testament to you, to showing kids that reading matters and books matter, and it's just, it's really awesome to see. Um, Speaking of picture books, why do you as a parent and future author. Why do you think picture books are so important? I think picture books are so important because they allow you as a reader to see things from a different perspective. Um, And there's many perspectives, like one person reading the same picture book could have so many different um, things that they take away from it. So I think that's the beauty of reading um, picture books as well as like wordless picture books too, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody can take away any sort of messages um, that they they choose to um, or that they feel like the book is, is saying to them. Um, but I also think it's important because it allows children and adults to see kids or see people doing things that they probably wouldn't think that um, everyone would do. So for example, I love reading and, and showcasing picture books with kids just being everyday kids. And I primarily focus on diverse books when I'm talking about books. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of the times when you see some people showcase diverse books, it's all about um, 
racism or segregation or slavery. Um, and I'm trying to show a different message. Like kids are, should be shown just being kids and having fun. Um, so I think that's the beauty of it, that kids can see that kids who don't necessarily look like them have the same interests that they do. I think kids um, can also see themselves being reflected on the pages. I didn't have that opportunity uh, very much when I was growing up. So I love that so many more picture books are being um, published now where kids like my own children can see themselves being reflected on the pages. Um, but then finally, I think it allows um, people to, to see that sometimes, you know, others can be the hero or heroine of a story too. I love that. I think that's so important. You know, I grew up where, I mean, most of my community was white and now I teach in a district where I'm the minority. Like I'm the only white, well, no, this year I have a couple other white kids in my class, but um, it's really interesting to see and see what books they bring in. So I've asked them to bring in books about their culture so I can learn. And I don't know if you had said this or something, but I love the whole platform of like making sure you're looking at books of authors of that um, demographic or of that race so that it's a different perspective because yes, we can put our perspective on, but I think it's a totally different perspective when it's coming from someone who actually was there or experienced that. And side note, I wanted to know, do you have a book that you could share about kids just being kids that is a diverse book that I can look at? Oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, I know. <laughs> there's so many. You have a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about um, just school. Um, I'm just, just using that off the top of my head. I'm thinking about like the King of Kindergarten by Derek. Yes. You know, like that's just a kid just being an everyday kid and he's going to kindergarten, you know, and it's right. a joyful and fun book, um, you know, but you're seeing like this little black boy who is the protagonist of the story. Um, so I think it's just a really beautiful book about, you know, just a kid. Hey, I'm going to school. I'm going to kindergarten, you know, um, right. I think that's a great example. I love that. I honestly had never thought of it that way. And I think that just totally opened my eyes right now is, yeah, there needs to be books of kids doing kid things, not always about what you had said before. So right. it's a great perspective. So what were you like as a kid growing, or not as a kid, as a reader growing up? I mean, you can <laughs> talk about how you were as a kid. Go for it. <laughs> well, I was a very um, uh, creative kid, I think, growing up. Um, but I, I was into my books. I was into my reading. Um, I was the one who I like to stay in the house most of the time. Um, you know, I come home from school and I love to watch o the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, that's yes. my thing. <laughs> that was my thing. Um, but I've always been into like, um, you know, just reading and writing, um, just like the more creative kind of stuff. And my sister, my older sister, she was like the one who always wanted to be outside and go into parties. And um, I did a little bit of that, like in, in my in my day. But um, I think, you know, for the most part, I was um, into my books, into my schoolwork, into my studies. Um, I've always loved school in general. So um, and I always did really well in school. Um, but that's how I was kind of like as a as a child and, you know, growing up. But as a reader, 
I, we didn't um, have a lot of money growing up. And so I didn't go to the library very often. Most times when I was taken to the library, it was like at our school library. Um, we didn't go to the public library, like, you know, downtown um, very often. And when we did, it was a, it was a huge treat. Um, so I didn't get to see a lot of, um, you know, uh, books that where characters in the book look like me just because back then there weren't a lot of them being published. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I do remember being a very um, active reader, um, an avid reader. I've always been an avid reader. Um, so that that's kind of like my reading kind of history. I didn't have um, parents who read to me on a, on a daily basis. That was just something that I just did. And I think I kind of picked that up from my um, second grade teacher, and I don't remember her name, but I think I kind of picked up that habit from her. And that's when I really started um, my habit of like loving to read it was back in I think, like second grade. I love that. Are both of your kids and uh, voracious readers like you or just one like it a little bit more than the other? Um, my daughter likes it more than my son, although now, I mean, my son has been um, choosing to pick up a book sometimes rather than like play with, you know, toys. So um, that's always nice to see, like when he just goes for a book instead of a toy or, you know, his iPad or something like that. That's awesome. I know every time I go to the Scholastic Book Fair at my school, I like literally block all the toys. I'm like, books, get books. They're lovely. You can get toys later. <laughs> Like Miss Hinshaw, you're so funny. Um, back to Oprah really quick. Have you watched or listened to her podcast? Oh my God. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. I living my best life listening to it. And I like close my eyes and I pretend it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Cause I would race home to watch Oprah too, because I just, I mean, who does not love Oprah? Right. <laughs> and uh, I just had like such a confetti moment. That was, that was the good life. Yeah. I wish she'd come back. I know, I know. Since I have her um, 20, 20 year um, DVD collection. So sometimes I'll just like oh. pop that in and, and watch some of the old episodes. So it's all oh. fun to go back and watch. So they said, you ever, did you ever get to go to her show? No, no. I, no. I okay. went to um, her 2020 vision tour last month and it was amazing. Yes. Amazing. Michelle Obama was there and I literally like it was definitely one of like the top 10 best days of my life ever <laughs> oh my gosh that's so beautiful I love that I know my friend went to the one in California last weekend and she said it was life-changing and I'm like of course it was Oprah was there yeah and we had floor seats so it wasn't <gasps> like it was like we really got to experience Oprah like I told my friend I was like look if we're going to see Oprah we're going to see Oprah. I don't want to be in the nosebleed section. I need to be on the floor. And so mm -hmm. that's how we, that's how we did it. Like we were like, okay, we're going to spend the money and we're going to be on the floor. And that's, I love yeah. it. <laughs> oh, so nice. So great. So speaking of exciting things, I'm super excited about this. So please tell us all the things you can or any secrets about your new adventure about being an author. I know. I'm so excited. I can't say much at this point, except that it's in the works. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't even know if I can tell you the date yet, but it's not, I will say it's not this year. It's not going to be 2020. Um, okay. Well, although I wish it was, but it's, it's not going to be 2020. Um, but it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Um, I'm working with Frank Murphy, who is uh, the creator of the um, Like You series books. Yes. And so he wrote A Boy Like You on his own. Um, this year coming out in, um, oh, geez, what is the date? June? I feel like July. it's July 13th. Yeah, I think it's July. I was going to say June, but I think it's July. Um, July is A Girl Like You, which he co-wrote with his wife. I'm so excited. I know. And tomorrow I'm actually revealing the cover for that. Yeah. I've seen the cover and it's to die for. I mean, so beautiful. The illustrator, Kayla Heron, she just knocks it out of the park every single time. Um, I love her. She's actually going to be on my podcast, I think, in April. I can't remember the date, but like, oh, her illustrations are just breathtaking. Right? Yeah. And so that I'm doing the cover reveal tomorrow. And by the time this airs, it would have already happened. But um, so I'm excited about that. And Kayla is also going to be the illustrator for the book that Frank and I are working on together, which is going to be called A Friend Like You. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm so excited. So like, how did you, you know, decide, you know what, I want to be an author, I want to like, jump on that bandwagon, and I'm just gonna do it. You know, funny story. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think this is okay to say. Like, I'll just kind of say how it happened. Um, I always had a goal to someday write a book, not necessarily a children's book, um, mm-hmm. but it was just like a goal that I was like, ah, you know, it's on my bucket list. But I wasn't like actively working to pursue it. It was, just, <laughs> and so this literally just happened. Um, I didn't, you know, like the manuscript wasn't even written, like none of that. And so I was just kind of approached and um, asked to do it. So, you know, I, I, I gave like a lot of publicity to um, the book, A Boy Like You. As it should get. It's the most incredible book ever. Um, But not, not because I was seeking anything. Like I just really loved the book. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, Frank loved that, of course, and um, his book did really well. Um, and then, you know, the publisher knew that I kind of kind of helped the book along. Um, and so I guess when Frank was saying, well, I want to, you know, maybe co-write this with someone. And then the publisher said, well, what about Charnay? And then he was like, oh, my God, I think she would love it. And he literally sent me a text message. And said, would you do it? You know, the publisher asked for you. And I was like, of course. And that's. Yay. (laughs) That's so awesome. What a testament to you and to Sleeping Bear and to Frank. I mean, I'm so excited. It's just such a great series. And it really, I think, it really, as you had said earlier about, you know, kids being kids. Like, I think these books are really helping so many different kids see who they really are, who they could become. Right. And it's so needed. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, that scenario, like, the way that I kind of got my book deal is not, <laughs> you know, obviously, I, I mean, um, it's obviously not the way it would normally happen. 
Uh, I'm very right. fortunate. I'm very grateful for this amazing opportunity, right? Because it takes writers, um, from what I understand, years to kind of bring this business. Right. And so it's not something that I take for granted. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity. That's so great. And it's so crazy how long it does take to write books because I was talking to Jory John and he was saying, oh, we already have like so many of our series like in the vault. They're just not here yet. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what a right. gift. What yeah, a gift. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. So speaking of more books, why should parents and teachers expose their children to diverse books? And what is your favorite book with a device with a diverse character? Oh gosh, favorite book. Um, I, I don't know if I can, if I could just say one, that's, it's, that's always a hard question when people ask me that question. Um, but why should parents and teachers expose their children? It kind of goes back to what I was saying before about, um, you know, just letting kids and, and as well as adults see that, um, you know, right now, especially the way the world is, right. It's becoming more diverse. It's becoming more inclusive. So I think, you know, for people who live like in um, more like rural suburban areas who may not have encountered many um, people of different cultures or t- different races, I think it's important to start those conversations at home or even in the classroom with your students so that if a new student or if a new um, child moves into your your kid's neighborhood or if you know, your child or your student sees someone that looks different than them and they're not used to it, they would know how to react and, and, and not be scared. You know what I mean? I think, Definitely. yeah. And I think, um, you know, because kids as young as like, what's the statistic? I think it's like as young as six months begin to um, recognize um, and internalize race um not not in the way like an, that an older child would, but they they begin to understand at a very young age that people look different, right? Yes. Um, and so I think it's important <laughs> to start those conversations as young as you can, um, so that children understand that you know there's different there's different people. People have different religions. People have um, different family traditions. And, you know, while we're all still very much the same, we're still very different too. So I think it's important to, to just keep um, reminding children of that, whether they be your children um, or your students. No, I totally agree. Like my nephew, I'll never forget. We, God, I don't remember how old he was. I think he was like three or four. And one day he calls me Mona because my sisters call me Ramona and he couldn't say that. So he calls me Mona and he goes, Mona, I'm brown and you're pink and mommy's pink and daddy's brown. We're not the same, but we love each other the same. And I thought, oh my gosh, like what was your favorite diverse book? And you can say this is your favorite book like right now, and then you can change it tomorrow because that's what I always do. Okay. (laughs) I'll talk about like just a a couple that we've read this year that I've really loved. Um, The first one is The Oldest Student, How Mary Walker... Yes. Love. Oh, God. I love anything. Well, Oge Mora, she was the illustrator on it, but I love any book that Oge Mora is involved in. I love Mm -hmm. her illustrations Mm -hmm. and I love writing style as well. Yes. Um, 
So that was a really great one that we loved. Um, I also loved this year the Arabic quilt. Mm. Have you read that one? Nope, but I'm adding it to my list. Yeah, that one, um, it's the Arabic quilt. It's it's an immigrant story. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about a little girl who um, her and her family migrated from um, Egypt. Mm -hmm. They migrated from Egypt. And um, her grandmother made her this quilt before the grandmother passed away. And um, so the girl is starting her a brand new, at a brand new school and she, she just wants to fit in, right? They moved from Egypt to America and her mom packed like this Egyptian um, spice meatball sandwich for her for lunch. And the little girl, she purposely forgot it. So at lunchtime, the mother um, comes to her school and brings her her lunchbox. She says, oh, you forgot your lunchbox this morning. And of course the little girl's embarrassed. Her mom is wearing a hijab. Um, and then, you know, a couple of her classmates overhear the mother talking to the girl in um, their language. Um, and so they start making fun of her. Um, the girl gets really sad. And then the teacher kind of um, approaches her. Um, uh, I think it's like a, a day or, or so later um, about some of her writing. Cause she, she noticed a notices that the girl writes really well and she she's written some poetry in her in her book and um the girl tells her that yeah it's it's a poem about a quilt that my grandmother made me and the teacher says oh I would love to learn more about your quilt anyway in the end they the class ends up um embracing like the Arabic language and they do this like beautiful collage project where they write all of the kids' names in Arabic. And then the girl's mom comes in and she helps coordinate the whole project. And then as a result, it kind of catches on to the rest of the school. Cause like in the in one of the classes next to the to the girl, the Egyptian girls class, there's an Asian girl. And you know, they they do a class project and they write the the kids' names in, I think it's like Japanese or something like that. Uh, but it's just sort of a really beautiful story about community, culture, um, you know, and just, you know, just immigration and, and how kids might feel migrating from a different country when they're coming to America, that type of thing. Um, really I great. love this book and I already just went and bought it on Amazon. Did you? Because <laughs> that's, that's like my kids. Those are all my kids that I teach. So, oh my goodness. I'm just like, yes, I need that book. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's such a, and it, and you can really even do like a class project. Like if you have kids in your class, I mean, I just think it's such a great idea. The whole idea of the collage and writing all of the kids' names in different languages. It's just beautiful. It is. Do you know the uh, Proudest Blue? That's one of my favorites. Yes. That was another favorite um, of ours from, I think that was a last year book, right? Yeah. That came out last Mm -hmm. year. Really great. Um, but yeah, the, the Arabic quilt is another great one um, that we've loved. Um, let's see, what else? Um, those are like the two off the top of my head that I can think of right now. I love it. Oh my gosh, I love talking books. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I could just stay on here all day and talk to you. Um, speaking of books, what is one book that every classroom needs today? Definitely, I would say... Um, all are welcome. 
Yes. Alexandra Penfold, I think that's the author. I think so. Yeah. Um, that one came out last year or the year before. I think it was last year, 2019, I want to say. Um, beautiful, beautiful story. It, it's a really simple story, um, but that's one of my favorites when talking about, um, you know, just making all of your students feel welcome. Like they have a place here. There's a place for you. You're safe here. Um, mm -hmm. And you're welcome here. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. So let's talk about, so we already talked about your amazing author debut, but something else that you've started that I thought was so neat. I would love for you to share with my listeners about your mission on how to close the literacy gap for all kids in the United States. And I know you started an organization called 50 States, 50 Books. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and then how we can all get involved? Yeah, absolutely. I started this organization in, back in July of 2018. And it was just an idea. Literally, I was in the shower one day and I wanted my kids to get involved in like some sort of literacy thing. And I didn't know what, um, but I want to kind of leave like a legacy kind of behind for them. And whether or not this 50 States, 50 books is it, I don't know. It's the thing that we're focused on right now. Um, but um, I came in, I came up with the idea in the shower and I wanted to focus on getting books out to kids in the United States. I didn't want to do something for, you know, kids overseas or in a different country. I wanted to stay here in the U S um, and so I was like, okay, what, what can I do? Like something with the States. And I was like, oh, 50 States, 50 books. And it just came to me. And so immediately I go on and I, I registered the domain name. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I loved the name. It was catchy. So I registered mm -hmm. the domain name. And because I'm a, I'm a computer programmer um, and I know, you know how to build websites and that's like what I do for my job job. Um, mm -hmm. I just literally like within two days, I put together their website. It was up and running. Um, I hired a, an illustrator off of that website, um, upwork.com. I just found someone <laughs> and she did the logo for me. And, uh, you know, it took her a couple of days to get that done. And so I had the logo, I had the website up and that was all I had. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start talking about this on my platform. But I had already set up their, you know, I set up their Instagram page and um, their Facebook page and all of that. But that was all I had. And I just had my idea in my head. And so I just started talking about it on my, on my Instagram page, like in my, in, in my stories to start with. And then I did a post about it saying, you know, coming soon. This is something I want to do with my kids. Um, and we just kind of ran with it. And the response was so overwhelming. People love the idea. Um, so basically what it is, is we collect uh, diverse books for children ages zero to 17. And we donate them 50 books at a time to each of the 50 U.S. states. In the 2018-2019 school year, when we start this, started this, we got a lot of publicity. We were in the Huffington Post. Um, we were in Time Magazine for Kids. We went on TV, like our local TV station, um, twice. Um, and then to top it all off, we got um, us a we got a grant. We won a grant last school year 
from a place called Kindness Grows Here. And then the biggest thing is that we got a huge donation from a book publisher and they sent us 800 books, which, yeah, which really jumpstarted our, our, our project. Um, and we finished last school year, we finished in nine months. So that was 2,500 books that we collected and donated to each of the 50 states um, in nine months. And um, over the summer, over this past summer, we collaborated with Pizza Hut, um, as well as the Book It program. Mm -hmm. They donated, um, because my idea for for the summer, like, since we finished in May of last year, we want, I wanted the kids to take the, you know, take time off. It was summer, you know, summer break, but I wanted to keep the momentum kind of going. And so I, uh, we got a collaboration and partnership with Pizza Hut and the Book It program. And over the summer, we had um, Pizza Hut, they donated um, $200 worth of gift cards to us. Um, And so what the idea was that kids all across the country could do the same thing that we did, right? Collect 50, 50 books and donate them to a place in their own hometown. So 50 books that they had, or they could... um, you know, get other people to donate 50 books to them, but they were only supposed to get 50 books. And last uh, year, I think we had about 36 or so participants um, who completed the challenge, who completed our 50 um, books challenge, which I think was great. Um, But it was so great to see kids, other kids get involved over the summer um, and do their own donations. I think that was great. And so if they completed the challenge, they got a gift card from Pizza Hut, which we sent them. Um, and so this school year, we decided to do the 50 States 50 Books project all over again. Um, so we started again in September of 2019. Um, so far, we've completed eight states. So it is going a lot slower than it did last school year, uh, but we're hopeful that we'll finish. We may we're, we may not finish by the time the kids get out of um, school in June, but as long as we finish before, you know, December 31st, 2020, I'll be happy. Um, so how can teachers that are listening to this right now, how can we help in our schools? I mean, I know there's, I have listeners from all over the United States. So what can we do to get you to that goal? It would be so amazing if we could just receive book donations or even we we accept um, new and gently used diverse books um, for, you know, like I said, kids ages birth to 17. Um, So we could accept book donations. We accept monetary donations um, because we do pay for shipping on our own. Um, This is a total grassroots organization. We don't receive funding from anyone. Um, but yeah, we accept, we would love to have book donations sent to us. We do have an Amazon wish list on our website, which is 50 states, 50 books.net. Um, so it's the number 50. So five, zero states, five, zero books.net. We do have a wish list on there that has some example books that people can purchase and, and ship to us. And our mailing address is also listed on our website as well. Awesome. I'm actually just on here right now. And I want to know, is the, the two kids in your, 
adorable oh my gosh I don't want to call it an icon what is the it logo <laughs> logo <laughs> thank you are those supposed to be your own children they are yes that's my kid they're so cute yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that is just so, I mean, I just love how you're giving back to the community and sharing your love of reading, sharing your love of diversity, and it's just so needed. And so thank you so much. But now I want to ask you some quick questions, like one word answers. What is your all time favorite picture book that gave you a confetti moment? Definitely Corduroy. It's the one book that I treasured during my childhood because of the little girl in the book named Lisa who looked exactly like me growing up. You know, I thought I was Lisa (laughs) Um, from, I thought I was Lisa from Corduroy. Um, But that definitely um, is the first book that I remember from my childhood seeing um, some, seeing myself basically being reflected back on the pages to me. I love that. What picture book can you not wait to come out in 2020? Oh, gosh. Um, what am I looking forward to the most 2020? Um, hold on. There is one. Uh, there might be. Well, there, there's more than one. Uh, yeah, I was like, girl, <laughs> there's more than one. Hold on. Let me look at my list because I, I, I do have... Can you, can you edit this part out or while I'm, I'll just keep talking. So one of my favorite books that I'm excited for is the new Josh Funk one. And I think, didn't you do the reveal for that cover? I did. I did. Yes. I'm so excited. What I'm most excited about is actually coming out on open the magic day, September 25th. And so, or actually no, it comes out that Tuesday, but that 25th, he's going to do a virtual visit with my class. And so I'm really excited. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yes, we've been doing it now. This is going to be our third year. We do it every Friday of the Open the Magic Week. And he's just a delight. He is just so kind. And it's really fun. Okay, awesome. Okay, here it is. This is what I'm I'm most interested in. It's called Exquisite. Um, The Poetry and Life of Gwendolyn Brooks by Suzanne Slade. And that one, it comes out, I think, in April. So, okay, not too far. Yeah, April seventh. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That's so awesome. Well, I love debuting or talking about teachers because I feel like we do so. We do a job that you know so many people have been waiting their whole life to do, and we're changing so many lives. So, can you tell about a teacher that changed your life as a person? Probably, as I said earlier, probably my second grade teacher, and I don't remember her name. That's really bad, but I don't. Um, and because I, she, she was so much into just um, literature, reading, and writing. Like I remember, um, she taught me like really great penmanship. Um, she was just really big on um, being a being a reader and being a writer. And I think um, she had a really big impact on my life. And that's because I that's where I remember picking up my my reading habit. It was back in second grade and it was from her because I didn't I didn't have that example at home. 
That's great. That's great. Okay. Last question. Are you more of a, you like to get up early and read in the morning or do you like to read before bed? Early morning, early morning, for sure. I get up early in the morning. I've always been an early riser. Get up. I like to get up before the whole house does. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do my meditation and then I read for at least like 30 minutes in the morning. And, but I read at night too, before bed, but I prefer to read like first thing in the morning. That's so awesome. Me too. I love, I'm an early riser yeah. too. Great to get the day going. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. And I'm just so excited about your author debut in 2021. And I know that your platform is so special and I'm just so excited to see where your journey takes you. Cause I know it's going to take you to a million amazing places and good luck with your 50 books, 50 States. It's such a great organization and have a great rest of your Thanks day. Thanks so much. You too. Okay. okay bye. bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the confetti moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.